Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello. This is Sandy, and I am a dating and love coach at lastfirstdate.com. I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are an acclaimed show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships, especially in midlife. Every week I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. Today I'm going to be speaking to Jaitara Ashley about why it's hard for strong, successful women to find love. And this is something that is... A big topic, and it comes up a lot, and, and many strong, successful women are really clueless as to what they might be doing that is getting in the way of attracting in the love that they desire. So I can't wait to get started. As a dating coach for women over 40, I am passionate about helping women honor and value themselves in order to live their best lives, their most empowered, vibrant lives their most authentic lives, and that, to me, is the key to attracting their highest quality partners. It also requires some vulnerability, being real, not being perfect, and I have seen too many women give up their value and accept crumbs of attention from men or block love by guarding it. So I I just am devoted to helping women all over the world become women of value by letting go of past loves and releasing old wounds, patterns, and subconscious behaviors that are sabotaging your relationships. I want you to get confidence and inner trust so that you can comfortably open up your hearts, be more vulnerable, and create deeper and more meaningful connections. Boy, I'm having trouble with the C words today, comfortably and connections. Those are hard words to say sometimes. Um, so anyway, if you do want to fast track your journey to becoming the woman of value who attracts attracts her best partner, I invite you to join me at the Women of Value Live Retreat, which is happening November 2nd through the 4th in downtown Stamford, Connecticut, which is just 45 minutes from New York City. Registration has officially closed, but I'm still opening a few spots for those who really want to come. Um, so contact me at sandy at lastfirstdate.com if you're interested. And you can check out the retreat at lastfirstdate.com forward slash women dash value dash live dash retreat. That's women-value-live-retreat, or you can just click on the little pop-up on the on the homepage. And now for our special guest, Jaitara Ashley. She helps powerful, purpose-driven women step into spiritual and emotional mastery with their sexual energy. She does this through online workshops, private coaching, and retreats by guiding them to create healing, spiritual alignment, and empowerment within their sexual energy, and how to masterfully weave that into relationships through creative expression. Jaitara healed her own past wounds from adolescent sexual exploitation and abuse. She is now 60 years young, just like me, and she loves her sensuality and creativity and the healing gifts that channel through her. 
She's the author of the forthcoming book called The Four Sacred Laws of Sexual Enlightenment. So join us now as we discuss the key reasons why strong women have difficulty finding a quality man. Hello, Jaitara. Hello, love. Lovely to be here. Yeah, nice to talk to somebody who's 60 years young, like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a big number. It's like, whoa, how can we do that? It is a big number. Yeah, I I had a huge celebration for my birthday this year. It lasted about a week long. Ooh, I love it. I had a party and went to the beach and went to a drum circle and just danced and spent the week with friends dancing and being outside. Oh, that's wonderful. I love celebrating my birthday. I think too many people shy away from celebrating their birthday because they are so upset that they are getting older. And I think we have so much to celebrate, don't you? Yes, and, and you know, that's getting attached to the number, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I I never got the memo that 60 is supposed to look and feel a certain way, so I'm just doing it my way, and I prefer <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm dating a guy who's 13 years younger right now. I'm having fun. Perfect. So numbers well, you know, don't, don't matter. Well, you know what? My mother <laughs> met my stepfather when she was 55 and he was 45, and she always said, find a younger man. They'll take better care of you when you're older. And um, actually in their house, and my dear, sweet stepfather, he adored my mother all the way through mm. her life. Yes. Wow. Well, that's a very inspiring story. And so it's really not about the numbers. It's about the person. And it's about finding somebody who really appreciates and cherishes you and you have a great connection. So let's talk about what you do. um, Yes. And I mean, I love that you chose to make your mess your message, to take a very difficult, challenging situation and turn it around so that you can inspire others to heal. So tell us a little bit about the big why behind what you do. Well, I'll tell the very abbreviated version of the story that was the catalyst moment for me, the major turning point. Um, It was 1999, and I was living in Toronto at the time, and I was standing on a subway platform, and across the platform on the wall opposite me was a sign from the universe. I mean, it was a big physical sign, a billboard. And on that billboard, it said, teenage prostitution is child abuse. And I went into shock. And I couldn't breathe because, you see, I was that child. And until that moment, I had never acknowledged that I had been a victim. So I don't even remember the trip home, but it was about 30 minutes later. I'm standing in my bathroom, looking out my bathroom window onto the backyard, and 27 years of suppressed emotions erupted out of me all at once. The rage, anger, grief at the loss of the adolescence, you know, rage at the people that, you know, played a role in that. And it was so intense, I physically thought I'd explode, and I cried out, God help me. And this second I spoke those words, it was like someone flicked a switch, um, and I instantly became peaceful because right in that moment, a bird landed on my back patio railing, and I knew without question that was a response in spirit, because spirit speaks to me through animals, because they know I'll go look it up. And it was there just long enough to get a good look, and then it flew away, and I had never seen that bird before. So I immediately ran and got my animal speak book and looked it up. 
and the bird was a grackle. And the teaching of a grackle is to release emotional congestion from the past before it manifests in a physical illness. You can move forward into the future. And huh. so, for that, so I decided that's what I needed to do. So I stayed home, and for two days, that's literally what I did. I just gave myself permission to just let all that emotion that was coming to the surface be released. And I uh, now, if I knew the breath work I facilitate now, back then it would have taken two hours instead of two days. Mm-hmm. My journey at the time. And I just purged and purged for two days. And at the end of those two days, it was like a veil lifted. I started to feel a new love for myself that I hadn't in a very long time. And I literally got on the phone after that and started calling friends to guess what happened to me as a teenager because I didn't tell anybody. And mm. and up until that point, I just assumed everybody was better than me. And I'd see so many women that felt so confident. Now... I was able to feel a layer of unworthiness below the surface in so many women that I hadn't recognized before now that I come out of my own self-absorption. And I could also sense that the very root of that, that for the large majority, it was sexually related. And that planted the first seed for me to start my journey to do the work I'm doing now. Now, I still had, you know, some more healing to do myself, so I still had more of a healing journey, but that was a huge turning point for me. It's the reason I love doing the work I do with women, and it's also why I'm very, very passionate about us having a new conscious resource for teens, for for young girls. There's, they're still just getting a biology lesson, and um, and a word of caution, and and to have a resource where they understand the sacredness of sexuality in their body, the beauty of it, the power of it, the responsibility of it, and how to consciously communicate. Um, you know, when they are ready for a partner. And I believe that is also why we as women so often can have a difficult time asking for what we want because we don't learn how to do it when we're at puberty, when we're at that young age. We we mm-hmm. get used to keeping our voice suppressed. Yeah. Wow. Um, so... You had suppressed all of these feelings and then, boom, wide open and mm-hmm. and then took away a big learning and, and transformed. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Um, and years, years later, I discovered the breath work that I now facilitate, and, and that released mm-hmm. all the remaining residue. Mm. Um, so do you want to talk about the breath work a little bit and just tell us what that what that's like? Yeah, it's actually a very ancient breath. It originates from India. It's a few thousand years old, originally called the breath of life. I don't know the Sanskrit name for it. And a man named Leonard Orr um, learned it in India from a man named Harikan Babaji. And he brought it back to North America. And when he practiced the breath, he noticed he was having a lot of experiences about his birth experience. And it was clearing a lot of emotions. So he actually gave it the name rebirthing. And my mentor learned the rebirthing breath from Leonard Orr back in the 70s. So she's been doing it over 70, 40 years, rather, over 40 years. And so she's added some layers of her own, which I love, which is why I picked her as my mentor. And for seven summers, I assisted her take literally hundreds of people through it at the same time. There's a big event that she facilitates, so I had an amazing training ground and then she did certification training and she never ever taught before she only practiced it and she probably will never teach it again 
But I started showing up to her in dreams and visions because every summer I'd say, you need to certify me in this. You need to certify me in this. So I started appearing in dreams and visions so she had one certification program so I could get trained. And uh, and it's just it's a very powerful breath. It's like this built-in vacuum cleaner we've all been born with, but just haven't been taught how to use. And it's a breath that goes in and out through the mouth during a session. You know, private sessions are of course the most powerful. Play very loud tribal drumming music to help the emotions move. And what it does, whatever the body and soul is ready to bring to the surface and release. That's what's going to come up, and the body and soul has its own wisdom. It will never give you more than what you're ready to handle in that moment. And the breath also, the way it works is it clears whatever comes up is cleared on a cellular level. So it's like literally cleared on a cellular level. So any darkness, any grief, any sadness that is cleared, that is replaced with new lightness and feeling of aliveness. Hmm. Sounds pretty powerful. Very um, powerful. Yeah. So let's talk about these powerful women who want to be in a relationship. And yes. what do you see as their biggest challenge? The biggest challenge, I, I love playing with the dance of the masculine feminine energy. And as women, when we go out to do business, you know, I'm a businesswoman myself, um, I'm probably, you know, I, healer and spiritual guide, but, you know, it is a business as well. So when we're doing business, we have to take on a bit more of the masculine essence, which is being in control, getting the job done, making decisions, doing all of that is our qualities of masculine essence. I'm not talking about men, women. We each have masculine and feminine essence within us. But when we're in business mode as women, generally, we need to go more into that masculine essence to get the job done the way it needs to get done. So one of the biggest things I see happening is not knowing how to switch back and release that and let that go and taking that control, needing to be the decision maker, having all that, being in that business mode and taking that into a date, taking that into an intimate connection and in order for the masculine and feminine for intimacy to take place the polarities have to balance so you know if you go more when you go more into your masculine to get the job done unless you want a more man with a more feminine essence you need to be able to release that and and allow yourself to surrender to that part of you that delicious feminine part of you um you know, and um, and something I've noticed too, a lot of very powerful women they think that being feminine is weak, and when actually the feminine power is very powerful, that natural nurturing quality we have, the compassion, our ability to love, and when we're as a woman, when we own that feminine power that we have, um, and you know, and align with that sensuality, with that ability to surrender and let go then we are extremely powerful beyond words. And also the man wants to be the hero. He wants very much to be the hero, you know. So if we give him space to do that and to hold space for us, then then you can have lots of magic happening and lots of sparks flying around and keep that polarity and a beautiful dance between the masculine and the feminine essence. Hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I talk There's about this a, a lot. Yeah, I have a book um, that I've already written called The Playful Partnership. It came out uh, 
2011. And um, then one of my chapters is From Warrior to Goddess. And it, it actually speaks to the man and it guides the man on how to help and her help her open up and let go. And, and um, yeah. To go to that place. Yeah, well, that's really important because I think that, you know, many people tell women just let go. And it's hard to just let go. And yeah. because they've trusted before and they ended up, many of these strong women ended up taking over in the marriage. They ended up in, in marriages that were um, to men who continued to not show up who became lazier and lazier as the woman became more and more empowered. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and subsequent relationships proved to be much of the same because they didn't really have the tools to change their behavior and attract something different into their lives. And so what I found as I divorced, because I was I was basically the warrior mom in my marriage and very unhappy for a long time, but I think many many women go through this, um, that I, I realized that I just kind of replicated the model I grew up with, which was men are weak, um, men, men are lazy, men are not as smart as we are, so, you know, just don't expect it. And I did expect it, <laughs> but I, I ended up marrying the same exact model, which we do until we do the inner healing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the the tools that women need so that they, you know, that they have the inner strength to be able to soften on the outside. I think you know that's that's a lot of the work that I do. To and you mentioned this before to be able to speak up, to ask for what we want, whether it's sexually or in any any aspect of relationship. Um, yes. You know and. And it's funny, I just was on a date today with this 47-year-old guy, and um, and we're just starting out. It's just our second date. So I'm just discovering who he is, and he's discovering who I am, but he's very sexually oriented. And um, and he started asking me questions about about sex and what I like and what I want and wondering if I'm too inhibited and, you know, and you're not letting go. And I said, you know, I let go when there's trust. I let go when I feel safe. And, you know, and I I repeated this so many times. And I said, you know, here's an analogy for you. And I said, I'm an artist. And the way that I become the most creative is within structure. And if I gave an assignment to a class and I said, okay, everybody gets a box and you all have to create a scene in the box about your feelings about 9-11, that would be a really creative assignment that would be done very differently by everybody, but they'd all have the same size box. Now, if I just said to the classroom, everybody now create something about 9-11 without giving them any kind of structure, they'd have a harder time starting, getting started, letting go. Um, I believe that we really blossom within structure, within some kind of construct um, that we feel safe within, then we can really let go and let loose. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm really glad you're talking about the safety because that's really important for men to hear um, because providing safety, witnessing without judgment, 
and holding space are qualities of the divine masculine. So women are thinking about their safety all the time. And and so it's so important to have that as a foundation. The this you know, we, we need that safety. And one of the things I do with women is help them align with their inner their inner divine masculine and the way that we tend to make ourselves not feel safe is through self judgment. When we self-judge mm-hmm. ourselves, now we don't feel safe in our own body and we're holding back out of protection. But it's very important as well, you know, the, this date you had, I would say that he, he started these questions too early in the game and what you responded to is perfect because um, you can't expect us to open up and surrender and go to that space unless we feel completely safe. And mm-hmm. as far as... As far as conversation around sexuality for women, our our yoni, I love using the word yoni because it encompasses everything: the vagina, the vulva, the uterus, the womb. It's called resting space, sacred space. It covers all of our sexual area. So the um, for the woman, there's a direct connection between our yoni and our heart, and the portal mm. to our yoni to even talking about sexuality is to first open up our heart space. And it doesn't mean we have to fall in love with you, but we have to feel emotionally really good and beautiful when you're in, when in your presence. And we have to feel very safe. We have to feel that you're grounded, can hold that space. So spend time for any men listening to this, holding space for us in that way. And and then once that happens, and the, the feminine needs to invite you in. A divine masculine man never enters the feminine space without invitation, whether it's through words or through body language, and it's much easier for us to have that invitation if our heart center is being opened some way. Mm. Yep. (laughs) I'm actually writing an article that's getting posted tomorrow to the Good Men Project about Mm -hmm. the number one mistake that I feel men make that that really kill the relationship before it even gets started. And I think when they bring sex in too early and they start with an online dating message, hey, sexy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, hey, wait a minute. Do you see me or do you see me as a sex object? And it's it can yeah, be as simple yeah. as that or it can just be focusing on sex in a conversation before you even meet um, or pushing for sex on a first date before you really connect and it doesn't mean that a woman will never have sex with you. It's just that she's on a different timeline. She's seeing we sex want very to be differently. Favored. And, and yes. that starts with the conversation. I mean, I'm you know, I'm extremely open to talking about sex. It's it's part of my work of what I do is talking about sexuality, but I expect to be savored. I don't it's like it's like a, the analogy that's coming to me, it's like a really fine wine. You don't pour it in a glass and slug it down. You pour, mm-hmm. you swirl it, you smell the aroma, you look at the color, you know, you you savor it. The same with us. Don't and and even when I work when I've worked with couples and done hands-on work with couples, and taught the man how to massage his beloved. Same thing that masculine um, always tends to go too quick. So it's like I'd have to mm-hmm. really teach them the true meaning of taking your time. And it's so worth it if they just slow down and then slow down even slower than you think you need to be. 
because we want to feel like we're being savored. We want to know that you're really seeing deep into our eyes and Mm -hmm. that you're really feeling our essence and that you're hearing what we say and that you're enjoying just the essence of us. You know, it's even once men, once we're in a relationship and a man just, you know, he knows, he knows how to give his partner a really good orgasm, they tend to sometimes just skip, you know, point A and B and go straight to the orgasm. We still want to be kissed. We still want our neck caressed. We still want our face touched, no matter how Mm -hmm. long we've been together and how good the orgasms are. We want to be yearning for it, you know, rather than being jumped on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's well said. So <laughs> let's you. say a woman's meeting a guy for the first time, and um, and you want to make the most of that first connection. And before we get to that, actually, I just wanted to comment on the polarity thing because that's something a lot of people misunderstand. I I posted a meme that I have created in my into my Facebook group recently that said, um, "Stop looking for your clone," because <laughs> so many people are think that they want to date someone just like them. And I wrote that polarity is what creates attraction. And this woman looks up polarity in the in the dictionary and says, no, polarity is, is about opposites, and opposites don't always attract. And so we got into a whole discussion about polarity. But I, I we don't have the push and pull. We don't have attraction, and we don't want our clone because that would be boring as hell. And would be like a a friend and not a lover. Um, And, you know, one of the reasons that so many relationships get stale is because we become so familiar with our partners and we don't keep creating that polarity and attraction and adventure and excitement. Um, So, yeah. So what's your definition of polarity? Well, when I speak of polarity, I'm thinking about the the essence, the masculine essence, the feminine essence. And 80%, um, and this is sort of a statistic I got from one of David Dieta's books, who's brilliant, 80% of men have a more masculine essence, 80% of women have a more feminine essence, and that happens in various varying degrees. 10% are neutral, and 10% of men are more feminine essence, and 10% of women are a more masculine essence. So the mm. feminine and the masculine, it has to be balancing out. So when we shift more into our masculine, we've thrown our natural balance off. So we want to step more into our feminine when we're not taking care of business and getting it done. So when we're at a date, show, show up fully present for that date and let go of the business. And I think that that happens, too, when it's a very successful woman. You want to be really careful about not getting too into your work. Instead, talk about what you love to do, what you're passionate about, where do you like to travel, what do you like to do in your spare time. Because if you start getting into that professional conversation, then it's you're going to lose the, the essence of the dating there. Now, you could mm-hmm. be a woman with a more masculine essence, and if you're heterosexual, you might, you probably would be more attracted to a man with a bit more of a feminine essence. It's just how we're designed. It's how we're built to have that polarity, that balance between the masculine feminine essence. And it's a dance. And I've worked with gay couples, with lesbian couples, and I love feeling into what their essence is. And always there's a balance. If they're a neutral, they're a neutral couple, and they sort of sway back and forth. Or one's more masculine, the other's more feminine. But you can always feel there's a balance happening there. Mm-hmm. So they're on a first date, and yes. um, and somebody says, what do you do? Because that happens all the time. 
And someone just wrote me this note and said, well, what's the difference between if a guy asks me what do I do versus what do I do for fun? And there's some dating coach out there who says if he asks you what do you do, he's just interested in, in a business relationship. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think it's a mm-hmm. common thing to ask, but I'm curious yeah, what you is. think. And Yeah. <laughs> I think it's what? a common thing to ask, and I and I love my work. I'm so passionate about it. So this is even something I have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were me, um, I would probably just give just a little bit on this on the surface, just a very light answer, and then I would just switch to you know. But this is how I love to spend my spare time. I would like on the first date, I would like to keep the business talk really light and to a minimum and say, and just share, you know, what I like to do, how I love to dance, how I love to spend time with my sisters, how I love to go to a beach and, and just bask in the sun and, and where I like to travel. If you could sort of have that and ask them questions too about, you know, what, and maybe start your question with not what do you do, but how do you love to spend your spare time? Or just even just the question, what do you love? It's a really simple, short question. What do you love? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that I, I think that's a great question. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and what I always say also is that because, you know, if you love your work, say why. The why is your heart. The why is yes. your values. Oh, I love that. You yeah. know, yeah. it's not the resume that you want to share. It's the why. Yeah, you, and, yeah, you don't want right? it to turn you, into an interview. <laughs> No, which it can so easily. Um, so let's talk a little bit about vulnerability, and we only have like another minute. Um, so if you can quickly just give some tips to how people can be vulnerable and not feel frightened to um, to bring out more of the, their vulnerability when they're connecting in a date or a relationship. Well, I think the key thing is what you mentioned earlier about just taking care of any emotional residue that is from the past, you know, so so you're able to feel safe in your vulnerability. So do what you need to do to make that happen so you feel safe and, and grounded in your vulnerability. Um, yeah, that that would be my primary thing. If, if vulner- being vulnerable scares you, then perhaps there's some kind of emotional residue that has still needs to be addressed and cleared. And remember, emotion is energy in motion, and so it it can be it can be cleared easier than you think. And what you're left with from the past is is the memory, and the pain can be transcended into wisdom. So mm. so yeah, do the work. Do what you need to do to just feel very very grounded, feel very safe, and um, yeah. And the rest. Will be on the yeah, I love that. It's simple, but but also profound. Ah, there's so much more to talk about, but unfortunately we have to end. And this has been just so, so important and juicy and and loving. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking to you and would love for you to share a little bit more about what you're up to and how people can find you. All right. Well, I do have a new video series starting. As you know, I'm, I'm with family right now as my beautiful, beautiful mother crossed over the other side a few days ago. So I'm a little behind in getting my new video series out and giving my permission, but that's okay. But you can still sign up for it. Um, it's Live Your Ultimate Love Life, and it's the five key elements to make that happen. And it's a video series that will be ready. Um, I don't have the date in front of me, but it's a, a week from... Um, 
anyway, if you go to yourultimatelovelife.com, you can sign, November 7th, the series will be ready. Uh, you can sign up for the series now, and I will send you the direct link to your inbox on November 7th as soon as they're ready. So it's a five-part video series as well as an e-book that gives you the five key elements to live your ultimate love life with or without a partner. Mm. That's an important distinction that uh, not a lot of people think they can do it without a partner. So that's intriguing well, to many people. I'm doing it. Like, I'm living proof. <laughs> and I'm yeah, very open me to meeting a partner. Yeah, and you know what? When you get to that place, that's when you're ready for a partner because you don't need one. You desire mm-hmm. one because you love the idea of sharing with them. But now you're really yep. ready. If it's coming from a place of neediness, you're not ready yet. Nope. So agree with you. Thank you so much, Daitara. This has just been awesome. And um, wishing you really only the best and comfort as you you heal from your mother's passing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. And she was a very successful woman as well. And and Mm. she had a beautiful love throughout her life. And I'm spending time with him now. So, yes. Yeah, and that's a that's a great role model for you and for everybody else yeah. to know that you know that that people can be strong and successful and have amazing love lives. Absolutely. So don't give up hope, at ladies or men. <laughs> um, love is out there, and it's yours. It's your birthright. Um, you just might have to tweak a few little things to to really get it. So. Um, so tune in and get uh, and and sign up for Jaitara's Live Your Ultimate Love Life dot com uh, video series. It's actually and your your ultimate love life dot com. Oh, not live. Okay. No, yeah, not live. L- All right, your ultimate love life dot com. And uh, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye bye.